The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Guys, it's time for the Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, Kunal, this time last year we were there at the Spanish Grand Prix in the paddock and it was a fantastic time. Yes, all my experiences in the paddock have been absolutely fantastic. But guess what? The Spanish Grand Prix might just not be on the calendar next year. Yeah, I know lots of changes expected in 2020. Chase Carey has said that two venues that are currently hosting Formula 1 Grand Prix will not be there on the calendar next year. And I honestly think it's easy to guess that those two venues are going to be Barcelona and Mexico. And just so you guys know, the state of Texas may still pay the quota, the 25 million grand for hosting the race last year. And I'm not sure if you remember, guys, but uh, the administration of Kota had missed the deadline for filing the paperwork. And that, that's why there was this whole question mark on the payment. And to keep the 21 race Formula 1 calendar, Zandvoort and Hanoi will be added in 2020. Yes, Chase Carey has given a hint that there could be more races on the calendar come 2021, though. He said that the demand to host Formula 1 races is extremely high. But I must say that I think that Formula 1 is overselling this 2021 narrative to everyone. You know, it's like saying, bear with us for now, be patient, we will be better come 2021. Yeah, in fact, Chase Carey also said that F1 TV will be better in 2021. It's like he just skipped 2020 as though it doesn't exist. (laughs) It's so funny. By the way, guys, I got back, what, 5 euro refund? For the Baku race? For F1 TV not working? Yes, if you guys got your 5 euros of refund as well, write to us, let us know, you know where to find (laughs) us. Facebook is actually the best way to reach us. Yeah, but Kunal, 2021 is when Formula 1 will change. The cars will be different. They will race better, is what we keep being told. And there could be more teams on the grid. The prize money distribution would be more fair. But the hybrid turbo power units will remain. And so will we. We'll also remain. Yes. Hmm. You know, either way, I just realized that Formula One is like a country. Chase Carey is the head of state of that country. And we, as in all the Formula One fans, are its citizens. Yeah, I think that makes the Formula One teams and drivers like the government functioning units. I think they anyway spend as much money. (laughs) (laughs) And Kunal, Formula One, the the bureaucracy has all the trappings of, you know, good governance. And there's a lot of politics behind the scenes, in front of the camera, on track, all of that. You know, and Chase Carey sounds like that president, you know, asking the country's citizens to keep hope and be patient for a better future. 
And guys, this has got nothing to do with the fact that India is going into elections as you hear this episode. <laughs> yeah, and Kunal, I think that makes us on the Inside Line Formula One podcast the independent voice in the world of Formula One, <laughs> you know. Yes, so in this week's episode of Inside Line Formula One podcast, the independence wo- independent voice in the world of Formula One, we are going to wonder how this whole Toto Wolff of Formula One CEO story came about. How Renault has missed out on points, but they also missed out on a crucial trick with Hulkenberg in one of their social media videos. How honesty has been the centerpiece of most Formula One stories in the last few days, and why the Spanish Grand Prix may not be on the calendar in the near future. And we have Lucien back with his Moments in Time section. Ladies and gentlemen, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Audio Boom, and on Google Podcasts for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Okay, so guys, we have to talk about this. There's this really strange rumor doing the rounds these days uh, that basically Chase Carey and Toto Wolff's contracts end at the end of next season. And so there's talk that Toto Wolff might become the next CEO of Formula One. Well, first things first, honestly, I don't see why Chase Carey's contract may not be extended. I mean, contracts are there for a reason. There are, you know, end dates for a reason. But they can also get extended. And I just think this story came about because two people's contracts were expiring at pretty much the same time and someone ran some wild imaginations in their head. Yeah, and Kunal, even if Chase Carey has to go or is to go, I don't know, I think people need to understand that they will get someone who has a larger understanding of sports and the media business to replace him, you know, not just with a perspective of Formula One. And more importantly, as we all know, Ferrari have the veto power on who could next lead Formula One. Anyway, politics aside, we are going to have a race in a few days' time. Yeah, Ferrari is like the United States with veto power on everything (laughs) in the United Nations. Anyway, the Spanish Grand Prix. um, Thank you to our friends at Renault for sharing some really interesting information. So the Spanish Grand Prix has featured on the calendar since 1986. Basically, the race is older than I am on the F1 calendar. (laughs) (laughs) You're just sending everyone on a wild goose chase trying to figure how old you are. But guys, if you look... Or how young I am since the race is older than me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you guys can just check out Mithila's Instagram and she had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. But moving on. Yes, the Spanish Grand Prix first. It was at Jerez and then at the Circuit de Catalunya. And... uh, At the Catalonia, the opening of the DRS has the highest influence than on any other circuit on the calendar. That's like a 7.1% increase or a 23.0 kilometers per hour impact. That's the impact of the DRS. Wow. And Kunal, since we're on Renault, I think the team missed another great trick with Hulkenberg a few weeks ago. So I'm talking about the video where they, uh, you know, they shared it on their social media. Uh, and it had Hulkenberg, uh, Daniel Ricciardo and some team members and they were playing with kids' guns and firing all cylinders. Well, if only their engines fired on all cylinders as well. Yeah, but <laughs> if only. <laughs> but could I, like I was saying, you know, in that video, they should have just given Hulkenberg those uh, Hulkenberg hands that you get in toy you, stores. You mean the Hulk hands. I the know Hulk hands. It's easy to miss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant the Hulk hands that you get in the toy stores. I think that would have made some really good uh, content. And yes. a lot, lot of sense. Something about the Renault... Something about Renault's 2019 season would have <laughs> I gone can't viral. I believe I said Hulkenberg hands. 
thinking too much about yeah, but, Formula One. You know, and the Hulkenberg or and Hulkenberg has been like the Hulk for all the teams he's driven for. And, uh, you know, I remember that he was fourth in this list of drivers who have earned significant points and hence money for their teams. And if I remember well, Hulkenberg has amassed a quarter of a billion dollars in just prize money for the teams he's driven for up until now. And let's remember he's raced only for the midfield teams. And by the way, guess who topped the list? It was Sebastian Vettel with a little over a billion dollars. Whoa, at least he's topping something. But Kunal, (laughs) I think that's one reason why Ferrari should renew his contract after 2020. (laughs) Well, one reason at least. Yeah, and uh, so Vettel's good friend, Bernie Ecclestone, said that Vettel could still be a world champion. And Kunal, I'm glad that at least someone believes so, apart from Vettel himself. <laughs> well, and this Ecclestone interview that you're referring to, Ecclestone also said that he was wrong in his assessment of Leclerc and maybe Leclerc is faster than Vettel and that Ferrari have probably made the correct decision. Don't get to hear Bernie Ecclestone saying that he was wrong publicly very often. Yes, exactly. And Ecclestone has also said something very interesting about the Pirelli tyres. You know, given how everyone's always complaining about them or talking about tyre temperatures and operating windows and all of that. So, Bernie Ecclestone said that if everyone understood the tyres, the competitive order would always be the same. And that is spot on. So, if Chase Carey goes in Kunal, my imagination is also running wild here. How about reappointing Bernie Ecclestone as the the new old CEO of Formula One? Well, I know where you're going with this, but no, I think we should just probably move on. You know, if we're going to keep throwing names like this, I have a name to throw. What about Flavio Briatore also being named as a possible CEO of Formula One in the future? I mean, <laughs> you could just put anyone's names could out there. Could be, Kunal, and then we'd have a, a closer date to when Fernando Alonso could return to <laughs> Formula One. <laughs> As an administrator, maybe if not as a driver. But interesting, you know, I really wonder if Fernando Alonso is going to be in the paddock of the Spanish Grand Prix. I think not. But again, let's see. I hope so for all those Spanish fans out there. Yes. I mean, you know, there's a good chance he would have probably told Formula One, I will be there, but you pay me for an appearance. You never know. That's Fernando Alonso. Okay, I'm kidding. But uh, Sebastian Vettel, he is sporting a Lego design on his helmet this weekend in Spain, guys. And I think that's the coolest design that I have ever seen on a helmet. Yeah, and there was also this video that went viral on social media. Uh, Vettel helping a differently abled fan in a wheelchair uh, going up the hill just outside the uh, circuit. I mean, yes, Vettel is a really nice guy as we already know it. But it seems like that doesn't matter to anyone anymore. It doesn't. Kunal fans will like Sebastian Vettel only if he wins. Ferrari fans, I mean. (laughs) Or if he spins less. Or maybe if he spins less, then, you know, he may not be liked because then there won't be enough dope for jokes on him. Yeah, I think Mercedes fans (laughs) like him as he is. (laughs) You know, but it just goes to show that, you know, all Vettel needs to do is show that he's trying his best to win because currently that's also lacking And at this moment, everyone thinks that they can drive that Ferrari faster than Sebastian Vettel. And keep it in a straight line if if that could be so as well. <laughs> but you know what? I'll tell you, even the FIA's joke is on Vettel. Uh, because if you see the road safety video promotion, uh, the FI released it just a few hours ago. Uh, when Vettel is in the video frame, the voiceover says, Stop when you are tired. <laughs> 
<laughs> I really wonder if these are like the small hints, you know, those inside jokes that were missing or not missing. <laughs> But guys, this is exactly why you need to keep following and listening to us every episode because we pull out every possible detail out there and try and find out something that pretty much not too many people we know find out. Stop when you are tired. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, Gerhard Berger, which reminds me, Gerhard Berger believes that Ferrari can be champions in 2019. And you know how it is. We are still only at the fifth race of the season. Ferrari's task is a massively up uphill one. But, you know, if anything, we know if what's possible in Formula 1. It's a 21-race calendar. Ferrari brought an engine upgrade to Spain. And uh, Kunal, it's reportedly two races earlier than expected. So they're clearly trying everything they can to beat Mercedes. Question is, is it enough? And, you know, the stranger part here is that this upgrade is not available to Haas or to Alfa Romeo. Now, usually... It would be the other way around. You know, the customers would test it for you before you put it in the championship challenging team. And, you know, uh, Frederick Vassuer, the, the team principal of Sauber, he was just asked a few hours ago why Ferrari has the engine upgrade before his team does. And he was pretty cheeky. He said his B team is testing the engine before they That's finally hilarious. get to use it. <laughs> and given that Alfa Romeo is actually an older brand in the world of Formula 1, you never know if Ferrari is actually their B team. It but. could be. But I'm wondering if this means that betting on a Ferrari victory on Sunday is only that much riskier. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't bet, you know, apart from the predictions that will follow in the next few minutes, guys. By the way, guys, I should tell you all that uh, for Baku, Kunal predicted the first six places uh, in the results correctly. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. That's because we had an abnormal race in Baku. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> that you didn't put any money on it. But anyway, you know, but if nothing works for Ferrari, I think ultimately they should just go off and go to Formula E. Because that's basically where all the Formula One discards go. <laughs> I think they're now Formula E is now going to keep taking offense to that because initially they were okay with it because they were consciously getting former Formula 1 drivers. But, you know, given how many times Formula E, e has invited Ferrari, you know, to join the series, which is pretty much every third week, maybe Ferrari should actually take up, you know, Alejandro Agag's invitation. And guys, I'm not kidding. You can go Google Alejandro Agag Formula E Ferrari and you will see what I mean. The invitation is sent out once every three weeks publicly. <laughs> like clockwork. <laughs> and finally, on the whole uh, Ferrari Vettel topic, so there are reports that Mick Schumacher's popularity in Germany is on the rise, while Vettel's is on the decline. And uh, that Mick in Formula One is a more interesting prospect, and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because, you know, why would you be interested in baby Shumi if the actual baby Shumi is going <laughs> to be joining the grid sometime soon? That too... In a, in a red scarlet red car. By the way, I must say I've been impressed with Mick even more so because he said that sim racing had too little emotion for him to be actually involved in it too much. And I like it even more so coming from a millennial driver because on the other hand, you have the other millennial drivers, you know, Verstappen and Lando Norris, all of them actively pursuing sim racing and esports on, you know, on their off weekends. Kunal, I should like uh, track how many times you use the word millennial on the podcast. <laughs> yes, you know, but given the whole Schumacher popularity between the father and the son duo that keeps being rubbed off, I'm actually a little bit disappointed that it doesn't work the same way for Carlos Sainz Jr. I mean, his father is one of the most popular legends from the world of rallying. 
Yeah, and you know the Spanish Grand Prix going away, it could be linked to Alonso's departure from Formula 1, and it's a shame that there's no one to really carry forward this passion of the Spanish fans just yet. This is despite um, Carlos Sainz Jr scoring in the Spanish Grand Prix since his debut in Formula 1 5 years ago. And you know, dropping Spain for the Dutch Grand Prix is actually very symbolic because It's sort of talking of the rise of Max Verstappen and how that is important for Formula One to cash in on. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, you know, Kunal, in the last few days, uh, it's been really interesting because pretty much everyone has been talking up about the future and being very honest about the present. Uh, so Sergio Perez said that Formula One needs to change and that it's currently a team's championship, and what team you are in decides if you are a championship contender or not. Or when Max Verstappen said that he isn't the number one driver in Red Bull Racing, he actually said that. I can't believe it! Like <laughs> it's hilarious. And even you know, Christian Horner said that Max Verstappen will not leave Red Bull Racing. I don't know what context he said that in, but I think again, like clockwork, every three or four weeks they are supposed to make this statement <laughs> just to make everyone feel good. Yeah, Verstappen actually said that uh, Red Bull Racing Honda is not yet frustrating. <laughs> That is called being very honest as well. Lance Stroll blamed luck for his eight consecutive Q1 exits, and I'm sure that you know that's one thing that we can label honesty on completely. Absolutely, and Kunal, you're going to like this one the most. Uh, Lando Norris made an admission that he works with a mind coach to excel in this whole high-pressure Formula One environment. Which basically means that Max Verstappen is the only young driver, millennial who, driver. Oh yeah, only young millennial <laughs> driver who doesn't work with a sports psychologist, and that's pretty interesting given how much I believe in the you know in how sports psychology can change the change the performance of an athlete you know in in a longer duration. But let's see how everyone's career evolves in the next few years, given how Leclerc, Norris, Verstappen, all of them are pretty much in the same mold, fighting in Formula One for top honors. Okay, guys. So we know you all have been waiting for this. Next up, we have Lucian with his moments in time section. Welcome to Formula One moments in time with Lucian Byfield. This time, the Spanish Grand Prix of the past. Over the years, the Spanish Grand Prix has been run on numerous tracks, but for various reasons, has not been a permanent fixture on the calendar. Despite some boring races at times, there have been some true classics, and three come to mind: Harama '81, the usually inconsistent, if not flamboyant, Gilles Villeneuve won a race in his Ferrari, a car at the time that was not the class of the field. And he was holding off faster cars in one of those rare races where Gilles was totally in control and looking every bit the future world champion. Hereth in '86, Senna and Mansell on different tyre strategies raced hard in the latter part of the race, with Senna leading on worn tyres and Mansell coming back from a big gap on fresh tyres. The thrilling finale was so close. Mansell joked of sharing the points evenly. Senna did win by. Point zero one four of a second. Catalonia, nineteen ninety one. How ironic it was to feature Senna and Mansell again after all those years. This was to be one of the most thrilling wheel-to-wheel battles ever seen in Formula One history. It is amazing how a few seconds of footage can make a whole race, and it stays with us for years. It was Mansell taking on Senna down the main straight. Unlike most drivers, Mansell was never intimidated by Senna, and it was Senna who had to yield. Ironically, it was Ayrton Senna complaining bitterly after the race of how dangerous Nigel Mansell was. 
Of course, there have been many more great races and reasons to recall the Spanish Grand Prix of the past, and 2012 stands out as a classic. Pastor Maldonado inherited pole after Lewis was penalised for qualifying then running out of fuel. So, the usually erratic pastor drove a truly immaculate race in what had been until that day a Williams car that was not anywhere near the class of the field. The Venezuelan was to take his only Grand Prix win. In 1992, Nigel Mansell's wet masterclass in what was called the Grand Prix of the Olympic Games was truly special. A race in which even Senna spun off. But it was 1996, another wet race where we were to witness history being made. Michael Schumacher won for the first time in a Ferrari in such a terribly wet race that many of the greats at the time spun out. There were rumours of foul play, with the Ferrari being down a cylinder, because one of the ways of achieving traction control was to cut cylinders. Mika Hakkinen was a god at Catalonia, and once he got a good car, he nearly won four years straight, but he was denied that fourth straight win on the final lap of the 2001 race, and had to be carried home on the side of his teammate's car. In 2013, Fernando Alonso would take his final win in Formula 1. We saw more history being made in 2016, with Max Verstappen in his first drive for Red Bull Racing taking a memorable first career win. He was helped by the first lap tangle where Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton took each other out. Never one to shy away from some hammy bashing, I do praise the guy quite a lot. And in 2017, Sebastian Vettel was ahead. He pulled a dirty move, putting Lewis off the road. But Lewis was in one of those British Bulldog moods and he just hunted him back down. You have to praise a killer drive when you see one. That's it for this time on Formula One Moments in Time with Lucian Byfield from South Australia. Catch you later. Thank you, Lucian. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucian is a professional musician from South Australia and you can listen to his music on Bandcamp. And please remember, the Moments in Time section is available only on the Inside Line F1 podcast in the episode that goes live before a racing weekend. Great. And Kunal, this is the most exciting part of the podcast for me because we're going to ask predictions. Here's what's been on my mind all through because I knew you were going to ask about predictions. You always do. We always talk about it. And like you said, I got six on six right for Baku. But pressure. we are now at a moment <laughs> when Ferrari need to start winning. They know that. We all know that. But... Just the way disbelief has been driving Ferrari's 2019 campaign. I think disbelief is driving everyone's predictions as well. I can't believe that people are still going to pick a Ferrari driver for the win in Spain. So I will go with Hamilton, Botas, and then I don't care who else follows that. Is that is too politically correct, Kunal. You don't want to ruin your six on six record. <laughs> So I can see what you did there. You just picked the two easiest predictions possible and then that's it. Yeah, so okay, why don't you tell me who's going to finish seventh? Because that's probably the most difficult prediction to make. So Mithila, who's going to be the seventh place finisher in the Spanish Grand Prix? I think, no wait, I know it's going to be Nico Hulkenberg in the Renault. And yeah, you know, Hamilton, Botas or Botas, Hamilton for the win. I really hope it's Botas, Hamilton, you know, just to shake things up. Uh, tremendously. All the more, yes. Yeah, and but I just hope that Charles Leclerc is able to score his first win, you know, sooner than later. Well, I don't see Leclerc winning in Spain unless we have a repeat of what happened in the 2016 Spanish Grand Prix. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the Spanish Grand Prix because you're going to enjoy our podcast after that. 
as well. Adios.